0: Most people are aware of their own financial balance sheet. As soon as we buy our first car or house, we become aware of it. If you're of a certain personality type, you may track it quite a bit. But I'd submit to you that we're also unconsciously aware of another balance sheet. And this one is sometimes tricky to measure and even harder to manage. Sometimes we often find it hard to put into words. But it's real nonetheless. I call this our intangible balance sheet. What I mean by this are those life principles, experiences, memories, and stories that given any amount of money, we wouldn't trade. They're the memories that bring tears of joy to our faces because we simply can't imagine life without them. We feel fortunate to have had them. It could be our first jobs, proposals, wedding days, births, struggles, anxieties, or fears, and maybe even some hindsight. It's all those things that melt into a memory, that bring a distant stare to our face, and maybe even a smile. We feel lucky to have had them because they're what has made us, us. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the intangible balance sheet. It's those moments in life that may be financially irrational, but which are indispensable parts of who we are. So these episodes are focused on the stories that bring us joy, happiness, fulfillment, and ultimately may hold necessary keys that will direct the future for our family, friends and maybe even neighbors. So listen in with us as we discover some of those stories that are meaningful to our guests and maybe you'll even uncover hidden value on your own intangible balance sheet. Welcome in again to another episode of Wisdom and Wealth. I um, I'm Josh Clues, the Senior Wealth Planner for Carson Wealth here in the Woodlands, Texas. Uh, today is another of our intangible balance sheet episodes or our weekend edition of the podcast. And I have the distinct pleasure of introducing Lisa Schwaller to our podcast. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Lisa, for For the those that are newer to our podcast, Uh, to this, uh, format and to these podcasts. Um, we call it the intangible balance sheet because I I believe that there are life principles and, and maybe values. Some people would say that we live our life by that mean more to us than money. Um, and specifically the stories that bring those principles to life. Um, and in some ways, you know, I think it's, it's generational, uh, maybe our grandparents or our parents, uh, even, play a a role in that. But before we dive into that, uh, I'd love for you, just could you just introduce yourself to our audience just briefly, Mm -hmm. and then we'll dive off into our formal questions and and content?
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm Lisa Schwaller. I'm a master certified coach. And I like to tell people that I have the best of all worlds because I have worked in IT as a project manager for a very long time. But I also on my nights and weekends uh, work as a personal coach. I um, love helping people with career issues, relationship issues, if they're in transitions in their life. So it's just really rewarding to bring new things to life through the IT teams that I work for and then help people realize New beginnings in their personal life through some of the mindset work that I do.
0: Hmm. I that very rewarding to be sure. Um, and very creative. I'm sure in in both instances, maybe yes. in different different facets, but creative to be sure. I, I would imagine. Yes. So, with that background, um, one of the ways that I've started uh, engaging with with guests recently has been, you know, are there any stories that you have heard from your great, your grandparents, or maybe even great grandparents that, you know, live on and are a part of your family's uh, intangible balance sheet that you wouldn't mind sharing with us at all?
1: It's so interesting to think back on the uh, kind of the family culture growing mm-hmm. up. So I was very close to my paternal grandmother and grandfather. Um my dad grew up in the Denver area and his parents lived there um for their whole adult lives, um, ever since they had kids. And I just remember with that concept of the intangible balance sheet, just the the value they would put on um, working hard, not just for money but Mm -hmm. working hard to, you know, create opportunities for their family and to take care of what they had. And I would say probably the, you know, the biggest story of my family was just a really strong work ethic. We are a people who love working, whether it's um, to collect the paycheck or our projects on the side. So that's what really comes to mind. And I just, um, Uh, I was just talking to a friend about how my grandmother, her main work was raising her children, but then she cleaned houses when she was older and Mm. she did get paid for that. But she loved being of service and she would say these old people can't take care of things and they shouldn't be up and down the stairs in the basement. And I remember thinking, cause I was a little kid, like, aren't you an old person? <laughs> and just this idea of, of that work doesn't stop in, until you're physically incapable of it. And she would grow you know, rhubarb in the garden and turn it into a strawberry rhubarb pie. And so mm. I think that's a story that comes to mind is what an example she was of the, um, of how rewarding life was with the fruits of your labor, sometimes literally.
0: So, uh, listeners, I, I don't know in Houston is rhubarb a thing. I, I don't, I haven't seen it yet, <laughs> but strawberry rhubarb pie might be my favorite because um, it's the balance of the sweet yeah. and the sour. It, it's, yeah. it's perfect. But, yeah. um, yes. So anyway,
1: Royer's, uh, Royer's does a very nice strawberry rhubarb pie. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I have to, I will have to check that out. Yeah. So the, the, uh, I don't know if this applies to you or not, but I've, I've heard it said, and I, I kind of, you know, uh, Took over it for myself, but I, I think uh, a lot of families, if if what I'm hearing from you is is correct, is they relax by being productive. Um, mm-hmm. Would that be an accurate say, statement? Mm-hmm. Um, even in their relaxation, that they're still doing something uh, active and and something that has a definite start and end date or end time on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it's there were and there were different types of being like in motion. So my grandmother, we used to tease her that she couldn't sit down or she might not get back up. She was constantly in in motion. And then there are other people in my family. And I think this would be more me who the the restful activity is more learning something or Mm -hmm. volunteering or, um, you know, like I was really active in Toastmasters for a year few years and put it on hold due to a schedule change. And I can't begin to tell you how excited I am about going back because it's Mm -hmm. so relaxing being a part of the community and and serving in the club. So uh, I think there is this idea in my family's culture that uh, there's always something interesting to learn and explore. And for us, it did. It did look like work type stuff. (laughs) Mm hmm.
0: We, yeah, weren't, most, we
1: weren't to, fishers.
0: <laughs> to the outside world, people look at it and go, that's not relaxing. You're like, well, you may have a point, but.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about your community? I, I I tend to call this like the barbershop ethic, mm-hmm. right? Was there, is there anything within your community that you look back on you're like, hey, that that I definitely get that principle or value from the place I grew up.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, what just jumped to mind is, um, is a memory. My grandfather was chief of detectives of Denver PD and, and, you know, some of his children were law enforcement, um, career. So the law enforcement community was actually, that was kind of our barber shop. And I remember mm-hmm. they would have Santa down at the police station closest to their house. And, um, it was just such a it was just such a part of our life. And, um, you know, my uncle was on the SWAT team and my aunt was uh, the first female U.S. Marshal. And so we always had these people in our community were people who, um, their work was service and their work was community. And so Mm -hmm. the idea of what it meant to be in community had a really practical, um, example in what I grew up around.
0: Mm. And and real world to be sure,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah. Hmm. And, and probably leaves an impression on you of people that, in the right, you know, context, are incredibly dangerous. But you see the teddy bear um, at, <laughs> at, at all times, right? Like yeah. uh, behind that, you know, the 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 uh, exterior. Um, that shifting to yourself, um, are there beliefs and principles that? have that stand out to you, um, as you've charted your course through your career and your life. Um, mm. and so what, what, what would those be? What would be a few of those?
1: Mm. Um, hmm. the, what, the first one that came to mind was, it was the late nineties and there were still books on tape and they mean meant cassette tapes. And there was one, I don't even know how this book on tape found me but it was by a person who was teaching on negotiation. And he said, never let anyone else say no for you. And, (laughs) and maybe, I don't know, maybe he said it, maybe he didn't that, but that's what I heard is if there's something that you want to try, if there's something you want to apply for, you know, so often we say no to ourselves without letting the other person even know we're interested. Mm. And for me, that really, I haven't really realized until I see now that I have children who are teens. One is a recent high school graduate and how often, you know, these kids will hesitate. I don't think I can. I don't think I should. I don't know if I'm qualified. And I've always been like, throw your hand up, throw your hat in the ring and don't let other people say no. Um, you know like or, or don't let them be the first no right mm-hmm. and so that really has has stuck with me um as i've you know grown into adulthood myself after hearing that fun little book on tape i would say another one as far as a, a value to, to live by is <clears throat> we always have better information after we've tried something than before and in full disclosure I love to plan. I love to forecast. I, like so many human beings, we want to get the right answer to save ourselves pain, discomfort, and future regret. And I have found that it's only through experience that I have the information to know whether it's a good decision or not. So <laughs> oh. it's it's one of those where just putting something into action and testing it, even if it's small. Um, I am so grateful for however I heard of this idea of like pilot programs or do a little experiment and realizing that I didn't have to have the right answer or the full picture or the full plan. I could test out something a little bit at a time is is so valuable. And it's something I really encourage other people. Like if, if there's something and you're not quite sure, how can you collect actual evidence and results and and then see if it's right for you?
0: Mm. So one of it sounds very similar to something that I read not long ago. And I've been trying to think through ways to do this with my own kids of how many ways am I modeling being a beginner? to my own kids mm-hmm. um, and giving them the, the kind of the, the model of, Hey, it's okay to become a beginner. It's okay to admit that you're a beginner because that's how you're going to learn, right? Don't assume that you've learned something and then, or that you know something and then you move on. But I, I like the idea because it, it is so true. There's so many things that we are interested in, but just like, ah, that might be too hard or I might make a mistake or I might look silly or, or whatever the case may be. So I really appreciate that. What else would be something that you would say um, you look back on and you're just thankful for um, in in hindsight from Mm -hmm. a a principal perspective that has turned out to be really important to you?
1: This one came uh, through the life experience of moving a lot. My dad built houses, so he would build a house. We'd move into it (coughs) while it was on the market and repeat, repeat, repeat. We moved a lot. I was, he would always try to keep us in the same school for the full school year, even if we were moving in between, but that experience taught me that, uh, well, many things, but one of them is when you live in different places, you realize what is similar between people and what is different. and we're all people, we just want to be liked and seen and included. And it it made me very comfortable at being the new kid in class. So all through my adult life, you know, I might feel that awkwardness or that tension or that discomfort because I'm a bit of a homebody. But I find that once I can get out of the car and walk into the networking event, for example, I'm really comfortable. Because mm-hmm. I always know that I can have an interesting conversation or help someone even that the new new kid on the in the classroom can always see who are the other new kids in the classroom, and yeah. I think it helps to uh you know I'm really have become very good at being welcoming for other people, so I think that is something that um i i did didn't realize at the time how valuable it was. It just seemed very disruptive, but has paid off in spades.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I can only imagine how uh, what the, what that would be like at different junctures of your of your childhood and you know high school, middle school, etc. Yeah. Um, are there any events um, that you know similar similar to what you just? shared um with you know moving and, and being um, in new environments are there any any events or experiences that have influenced uh how you live your life today and and the choices that you make going forward at all um mm-hmm. that are shaping in that way hello everyone i wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the podcast and also ask for a favor If you could, please subscribe to and rate the podcast via your favorite podcast app as this is going to help us serve more listeners. Also, if you have a specific question or a guest suggestion for the podcast, please reach out at jklooz at carsonwealth.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. Thanks again.
1: One thing that... Was a surprisingly positive experience. Is my dad was a you know a small business owner, and he took a risk. He had invested in a lot of houses. Um, there was a big company that was going to be moving into where we were living, or so he thought. And long story short, he he overextended, and ended up the business declared bankruptcy. And we went from having a lot to having very little. And it was right before Christmas time. And I remember he sat down with us and said, all right, kids, we we need to have a conversation about Christmas. And it was, um, you know, quite honestly, most of his life financially was a little bit boom and bust. And yet, uh, with my adult perspective, I can really understand how much that has shaped my resilience and i've become a a bit of a good saver uh, you know so there's some practical aspects that i came out of it of oh yes save for a rainy day because the rainy days will come and and then of course my my grandmother was in nebraska at the time of the great depression and so having those models of we can still be you know, plentiful and secure, even when the financial security isn't there, mm. um, was very, has been very useful to me in certain aspects. Yeah.
0: As you think about, um, you know, your your life, say 30 or 40, maybe 50 years from now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you start to shift and and start thinking about what, you know, some people would call your, your ethical will or your, um, you know, how you'll be remembered. Right. So it's that magical shift of, you know, we spend a lot of time earlier in our lives worrying about our resume and being, um, on paper, you know, uh, who we, who we want to be and, and trying to like measure up. And then we, there's that magical shift where we realize, well, shoot, you know, I really need to work on my eulogy More, (laughs) and I Mm -hmm. want to work on my resume, and Mm so um, I, I I have because of David Brooks's article uh, in the New York Times started calling these kind of the what he termed the eulogy virtues. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want. I'm not going to ask for an entire list, but if you were writing out your ethical will, what would be some of those eulogy virtues that you want um, to be a part of your eulogy, and also that you want your kids to, you know, to at least consider and and be changed by as they live their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. What a beautiful question. Uh that question has recently come into my awareness with that what do you want to be known for in 10 years? And um just this idea of of looking ahead and thinking about with intention what would I craft for that future version of me is it for one thing it really asks you to reflect on your values and whether your your time and focus is being spent in bringing those values to life mm-hmm. and then i do think as we look into the future and i agree that there there do seem to be times in our life where we tend to be a little bit more aware that we're not going to be around forever and what impact do we want to have while we're here and so specifically for me, I think what is really top of mind for me are it's actually in two categories: one is a desire to teach and to really amplify the potential of of other people in all different generations you know whether they're in high school or coming out of college and I just hop on the on a zoom call with them, and we looked at their LinkedIn profile and just not to really direct or guide them, but to really amplify their strengths and their confidence and mm. being a part of letting them know through actions like that that there are people who care about you you matter um, where you are today is great and where do you want to go that's great too so that being that teaching and mentoring and really helping people move what is blocking them from who they want to be. And most of the time it's in our head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the second thing is um, I have been toying with the question lately, what kind of revolutionary do I want to be? And by that, I mean, there are, Changes that I would like to see. There are things in the world that I would hope that my grandchildren and great grandchildren would note as as long since solved for. And I've really been giving that question to like, what kind of revolutionary do I want to be from a position of um, like generosity and being open to criticism and being willing to set a table where. Brainstorming on what can we do? not just what the problems are, it's so it's such a distraction and such a diversion to talk about what's wrong in the world today. <laughs> and these kids these days, um, and it's so much more powerful to think, yes, but while I'm here, with me and with these hours that I have to contribute to my community where do i want to focus and and even beyond that what kind of energy do i want to bring into those conversations so i think a lot of my if if we were writing my eulogy i would love it to say that lisa amplified human potential and really helped open hearts and minds and help amplify real change like really important change. Hmm. That
0: is so inspiring and um, <clears throat> well said. To be sure, it's interesting to me that you combined uh, being generous with um, receiving criticism. Well, you yeah. don't normally see those <laughs> those two. Yeah. You know, those two pieces of the chain linked together. I, I like that because they're both a skill and and an art. Both being generous with others in the way that we give criticism, but Mm -hmm. you know, in reflection, receiving it back—that is so cool. Is there anything else, Lisa, that you'd want to share with our audience before we sign off today?
1: Mm. I think when it comes back to this, just the the big picture of the intangible balance sheet is that everything that we do matters. And when I think of my intangible balance sheet, that definitely includes how well I'm taking care of my health how well I'm taking care of my relationships with myself um, that includes how nice and kind and generous and open to feedback I am with myself and I and really um, as as I as I really get more mature in my career and even in some of the organizations that I work in and especially, obviously, with all the co- coaching that I do and seeing so many different minds and how they think and where they struggle. I really think that a big part of our intangible balance sheet is is recognizing and choosing how we're going to um, to grow outward. I think there's so much wealth in relationships. And of course, that can also come back on our tangible balance sheet too. I've been hearing a lot in the last couple of weeks about the mycelium networks, the mushrooms that form these very complex networks and they feed the trees and the tree is just, it's beautiful. And I think, oh, we are all like that too. We are all somebody else's mycelium root system. (laughs) And I think it's really beautiful for everyone to really reflect on those times when it feels like, they don't know, you know, like, is this all there is to life? I feel so tired. I think there's such a sense of exhaustion that I'm picking up on that wasn't present years ago, is remembering that it may feel like you're maybe not moving where you want to go as quickly as you want to go. um, But you're more meaningful than you might believe. So, just some mm. encouragement to the people out there who are like, oh, "I'm just tired," <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and, and go to bed earlier. That that, that may be yes, part of it too. Yes. But I, I have to remind is a myself of that.
1: Habit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you, Lisa, for your time, your words of encouragement um, and inspiration for us. Um, we wish you and your your family uh, nothing but truth, beauty, and goodness in the road ahead. And thank you for sharing your intangible balance sheet with us today.
1: Well, thank you to you and your listeners for spending time with me. It's been beautiful.
0: Have a great day.